0: Hello, this is Trish Jenkins on Trish TV and I am so excited. I have been waiting to talk to Steve Katchick all the way from England in his own home talking to us and we're going to be talking about resilience and overcoming adversity. So I want you to sit back and relax, grab your cup of tea if you haven't done it already and uh, we'll get started. The strongest prison bars are in your head. Leaders and teams, it's time for a jailbreak. Welcome back, Steve Kaczek. I'm so thrilled that we met and we met online in in one of the groups that – where speakers are and and i i heard a little bit about your not just what you do because you're extremely talented and professional in what you do but when you mentioned to me some of the things that that you had been through and i guess you know we don't go through life unscathed things 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 happen but you touched on a couple of things and and you were not self-pitying you were but you were not cold about it And uh, you just had a warmth that I thought, no wonder you're good at talking to people about communication and about how, you know, doing it with compassion and with tact and and giving like that excellent customer experience, which we all value. But what you did was, um, what I can see is the heart behind what you deliver so, Steve, I would love for you to say hello and maybe give it, tell us a little bit about what you do now, and then we'll go back to your story and, and the things okay. that, that have brought you through, and then we'll return to what you're doing now. Okay? So would you like yeah. to
1: yes, take certainly. it away? Yes, And thank you for inviting me to this, trash I've never actually been to Australia. I oh. have been to New Zealand, and I always meant to go to Australia as well, but I spent a month um, in New Zealand um some some 16 or 17 years ago i took a gap year and took time out and traveled through southeast asia and then later spent a month in new zealand but um, so it's great to be in australia right now
0: yes now you mentioned we're going to revisit this phrase gap year because i'm guessing that when you say 16 17 years ago it wasn't when you first left school
1: (laughs) no absolutely not
0: (laughs) okay all right then. So I'm gonna let you fill the screen. I'll bring you up, and, and I'd love to. Um, oops, wrong one. Let's go here. And uh...
1: okay. So you want where what I'm where I'm at now, and what I'm doing now, or did you want me to reference the gap year a bit?
0: Oh, talk about what you're doing now, and okay. uh, and th- but then go back, like just a bit about what you're doing now. But then what I want to do is is go back to a little bit more of your journey.
1: Yeah, that's fine. So, I mean, today I I actually do a program. I call it the secret sales force. And a lot of people think it's all about salespeople. But actually, it's not. It's about everybody in, in any company or if you're a one man, one woman band. It's the same principle. We are all, first of all, in service or we should be. Our role should be to serve the customers, serve the prospects. Um, and that's from the CEO down in a large organization should be in. They should be considering themselves on the front line. Everybody should be customer focused. And I believe that means that managers may have to support the, company, the teams to, do, to de- be the front line and do what is right for the prospect. So under the umbrella of the secret sales force is a customer experience. But I focus on the human interaction, people interaction, because every interaction is a moment of truth. And that's what develops the customer experience. And customers vote by the experience they they have. So every interaction is a moment of truth. um, But the biggest impact is always that between one person to another rather than systems. Yeah, everything else adds in. But I specialize in people. And so
0: I love that the biggest impact is between one person and another, no matter how big the company is.
1: Yeah, you can have an awful experience going through the systems and be really wrought up, Um, perhaps kind of go and you get through to a call or help center or whatever. And eventually you get through if the agent is really good. And I mean, really good. They can take that extreme negative emotional experience to be a positive emotional experience if they're only okay and just good then they won't get rid of that negative but if they're exceptional then it becomes a positive emotional experience and people will stay and loyalty has to be fought for on a daily basis
0: right why is that why does it have to be fought for on a daily basis like there's no reserves it's it's so easily eroded how why is that
1: it is easily eroded, but people people don't just leave at the instant unless they have a reason to. But mm-hmm. it builds up. What it what it does is it you might have a great relationship, a great emotional bank account, I call it. But you get one or two bad experiences, and that no longer that that customer that prospect is no longer loyal. They might stay with you until the time comes to move, but now their mind's thinking, I might need to switch, or I do need to switch. You know, right. renewal comes up in six months or a product is coming to the end of its life, I won't go with this company anymore. That's the thing. So you need to always, every interaction, you need to make sure it's a positive emotional experience.
0: And, you know, one of the things that that uh, similar to you that, that I do is, is about that, but also within the company with the staff, you know, the staff themselves, people complain about not having staff loyalty. But if they look at how those interactions are going, you can have all the emphasis you like on, on customer service. Yeah. But, but they forget about the internal customer, don't they? That, well, that's you know, right. Between the back office and the salespeople and so on, that they've got to be appreciated as well.
1: And I mean, part of the secret sales source relies on um, employee engagement. Um, obviously, if you're a, a one-man, one-woman band, you don't have that same thing. But the principles are the same. Mm-hmm. But in an organisation, if, if someone's not engaged, they're not motivated. So a lot of that is about doing having employee engagement, and that might well rely on external, not internal, surveys, regular ones, or autonomous, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. anonymous.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Your expertise has not just come about because you've done a course or two and you've worked in the industry, and in a lot of industries, and, and even though you have, you have worked in, in sales and so on, and, you've seen, and you haven't thought, hmm, what will I do? I'll do customer service. I'll tell them what, how they should treat people. What I can tell from you is that your life has been shaped in a way that has made you very discerning and sensitive to people's needs so what I would love to do because this is about resilience it is about overcoming adversity I'd like to explore some of the things you mentioned to me about what's happened in your life uh, that you know could have knocked you out and you know we can hear people say oh and you do one two three and you'll be okay and it's just not like that when you really When you've really suffered things, you know what, and and there are people out there today who have lost loved ones, they've lost jobs, they've they they don't know when their next contract or their where where they're going to sell to next. And uh, so I'd love to hear a bit about your story because people keep using the word unprecedented, like this has never happened before. But people have lost lost jobs before, and the bubonic plague came around. That was you know it's stuff happens on a massive scale. Lots of people. So, and I'm not saying, oh, it's not that bad, um, but it's important. I I think it's valuable to be able to bring people some comfort, and that really only comes from people who kind of have been in their shoes, which you have. So, yeah, would you like to share some of the things that you've been through?
1: Well, I'll start actually with I had made redundant twice, and it was the first time that really um, hit me. It was December the 2nd. I had a young family, um, children of five and four. And I always say I should remember their names, but, but numbers worked. Um, <laughs> but and I, I felt ashamed to go home and say I've been made redundant. Um, and I sort of for about two or three weeks, I was looking for jobs. I applied for a job that I knew I wasn't right for. It was in Reading, a software company, and I was in hardware type so things. I'd never done software. I wasn't good for it. I knew I wasn't right for it, but I was desperate because I had a young family and I felt and I was the breadwinner. Well, within five minutes of going into that interview, the manager there who interviewed me, he realized I wasn't right for that fit, but he didn't stop there. He actually then started asking me questions about my abilities, my successes, the my achievements. He built me up. And I walked out on cloud nine. I really felt powerful. And in fact, within an hour or two of getting home, I had a phone call from um, a company that, that had been put onto me. It's was about a sales job. And it, within five minutes, he said, you sound so sure of yourself. I want to offer you a job. And it's the difference that the experience makes, which is what really started me off onto the customer wow. experience. That experience about one manager, and I wish I knew his name, who built me up. When I was real low, and pointed out just how valuable I was to the right organisation. Let's just so pause was... there
0: for a second. Just, just pause there for a second. This manager had nothing to gain. He wasn't going to hire you, and he could have said, "Thanks for coming in. See you later." You're not, you're not a customer that can buy something. You he saw value in you and now firstly too you went and you you said to yourself it's not a good fit but i have got to do something i've got to feed my family whereas some people might say well that's not a good fit i'm not going to even go for it but you went hang on i've got to feed. i will show up i will do whatever it takes and then once you know presumably you'd be thinking okay once i've got my once i've got the job then maybe it's you it's easier to find a job when you've got a job then yeah. maybe you can find something else. You you didn't just say oh no, nah. and then that because per- you would have missed that opportunity. And that person had compassion on yeah. you and and wisdom, and he could see value. So he went to the effort not just of talking to you, but did he contact that other company and get them to call you, or or was that no just no. Your
1: no, the other company, the company called me because I had gone through recruitment agencies and okay. they put this company onto me and they yep. just happened to phone me an hour or so after I got home from this interview. So wow. I, I never really realised, wow. I'd never thought of it that um, I just showed up. I, when, you, when you're desperate, you do what you have to do. You do. And you're absolutely right. Um, the that manager had nothing to gain, but it's all about the experience and we can all give that experience to other people.
0: Yep. Now imagine if he had been lazy. Imagine even imagine if he had been annoyed that somebody who was obviously not qualified was wasting his time. Yeah. Because hey, we're all just so busy, you know, and we're all just so important as as managers of of positions. You know, there was something about that man's character that and courtesy to give you a listening and but he could have he could have reacted any kind of way and yeah. blown you off, and he didn't. So there's that's just that's true. It's, it's mine. Two things come to me one is that you you made yourself get out there, but but on yeah. the other foot was that this we can be like that person. And what does it what did it cost him a few minutes of his time and a little bit yeah. of concentration to build you up and? look at the difference it made in your life
1: made a massive difference in my life Um, and that's the thing the the experiences we all have that ability to build people up yeah I was once told look to give five compliments three to five compliments to people a day uh, which is harder when you're sitting at home remote uh, because you're not always seeing people but you look for them because it costs nothing to give a genuine compliment and it's easy to um, I can truthfully compliment you because I really love the way you opened up and had the um all the videos going on. I thought that was a terrific opening <laughs> to the show. And I, you know, so I really do love it. But it costs nothing to give a genuine compliment and not flattery, I mean a genuine compliment.
0: Yeah. If you there's something you can you can find things to to build people up with, you can without being fake. It's great. Yeah. So talk to me some more. Well, now, that was obviously when you were young, with a young family. And uh, what else has gone on in your life that was fairly major?
1: Well, it would have been about four or five years later, um, and that's when I, I lost my wife to cancer. Uh, and the oh. children then were eight and ten. And to be honest, yeah. that shaped my whole life. I actually often say, you know, that effectively I was born again in 1980, not very really wow. 1990. Um, 7th of april 1990 and that changed my life completely
0: wow
1: i don't like there was no easy way out i don't i can't say i was resilient i'd just slowly get on um but and people used to say you cope well and i'd say there's no such thing some days you cope some days you don't but step by step it's a day at a time you're moving forwards for me i actually put in my mind i had to go through the anniversary of a death Death twice, two years, and I can start to build my life. I don't know why I put that figure in my head to go through an anniversary and then go through it a second time so I could numb myself to the anniversary and start to build my life. But it takes I time.
0: Have, yeah. And I have heard that grief is often, well, there's no time limit on it, but uh, major events. Um, there's actually Amanda Gore who was speaking about when people have a trauma. Uh, no, what she was saying was when there's been a trauma, it can take two years for it to manifest in your body. So if it has been like a major setback, yeah, or yeah. could be a divorce, could be, could be, you know, an accident. Uh, and if you don't process it as you go, like, and you did the one day at a time, and and you you were gentle with yourself, and as you said, you don't know whether you did it the right way or the wrong way, but you you did process it. When people don't, it can actually manifest in their body as illness later on. Yes,
1: I think it can. And,
0: yeah. So, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. I, I sometimes, I, many a day or many a night, I just wanted to drink myself sort of silly into oblivion. Um, mm. But I had two young children. You know, I couldn't. And I, I, I desperately wanted to. There were times I thought, oh, if I hadn't got children, I could just forget it all. Um, but I had the two children, and so you have to get on. Did you have those days
0: where you wish that you could just pull the blankets over? Yep. And just go, not today. And it, and it is that thought of the. Tr- I had the same experience when I came home from prison. I had three little girls. Chelsea was ten, and the twins. No, she turned eleven while I was away, and the twins were seven. And that was the thing that got me out of bed because I yeah. just I just couldn't I just, I just couldn't. And then I, I did indulge some days like that, um, but then I thought, nah. I just can't. And and that's it's sad that, that we have children who've suffered, but having the children is what forces us yeah, to begin.
1: absolutely. It's the children that made me get on. My, my life started to turn around really about nine months later because I was struggling with work and childcare, and the company I was with were brilliant. They, they, I actually was wow. off work for over four months on full pay.
0: Wow. And my
1: mom met me one day and he, he said to me, look, we need it what are your plans and i had no idea i was a customer support engineer so i'd be going out all the time he mm. said you can come back even for two hours a day i can cover you indefinitely and wow. that was a big thing and he said i don't want your children to be first in the playground so having a support so probably that's the next thing time but support and the other thing was after about nine months um, i went back to work about three months two months after she died and i was at home for two months before to look after her
0: right
1: but it was um about i uh, was struggling getting child care and yes. it wasn't working you know i was in under a panic all the time this other lady had her own family it didn't work and then uh, joan who lived two doors down from me at the time came up and because i put an advert looking for someone else and she applied and living two doors down and she was she being made redundant from a local firm, she was in her late 50s, it was perfect. And That's suddenly crazy. she took she took the pressure off me, and the boys felt relaxed. They knew there was always someone there. That made a huge difference because my youngest Neil would panic as to who was bringing him home from school each day, having consistency for that, yeah. And that put stability in my life right. tremendously. Um wasn't the end of it. I still waited for two years before I felt I could get on. But I could start to do things. And I didn't have to worry about the children in the daytime.
0: Mm. So, gosh, that's beautiful. Um, So with people going through things now, what might be some things that you would suggest for them or perhaps some cautions about things to perhaps not do that you thought maybe it wasn't helpful I think you mentioned earlier um before we went on about uh making sure you don't drink too much in your like you don't drink lonely
1: yeah yeah um,
0: don't drink lonely um so that that might be something what, what are some things that you could share with with people who are who are doing it tough right now because of COVID or, or because they're redundant yeah. or things have happened
1: well, I know I went for bereavement counselling at the time. Okay. Um, and I, although I've forgotten a lot of things, I think crews of bereavement counselling used to have a seven-step process. I say you went through through grief, all grief, and grief isn't only bereavement. Losing jobs can be grief. Divorce can be yes. grief. Any yes. trauma can be grief, for some court, yes. some sort. For me, one of the things I remember quite clearly was being told, accept every offer and try everything once. You may not like it, and then don't do it again but don't turn down opportunities, try an opportunity. And obviously we've caught, yeah, we've cautioned, but try opportunities, do things, uh, to take you a different life. So as one door closes, another opens. Open the doors. Um, you're right about the drink. It had been easy to gone in the corner and just drunk myself blind. I couldn't because the children, even at night, if there's an emergency, I couldn't then go out and drive. It was only That's me. Right. So yeah. I would drink occasionally, but um, not much. Uh, what other things? I think it's the acceptance in so much as it's a phrase, you know, Lord, help me to um, change the things I can, accept the things I can't, and have the wisdom to know the difference.
0: The serenity prayer, yeah.
1: And really, sometimes you have no choice but to accept. You may You'll have those feelings, that shock, but you have to accept. You can't change it. Um, and that's the thing and I think with bereavement versus divorce because I used to go out later on with a lot of single people only because I think as I mentioned to you earlier when you when I was bereaved I would all my old friends were married so they would invite me to things and there'd be like five or six couples and Steve and that would always happen and Steve and I was the odd one out and everyone felt sorry for me and it's condescending so I had to go out and meet new people in similar situations to me in as much as they might have been single for whatever reason not to go out and... I didn't go out with anyone for about four years but more to be in a group company that felt um the same because that's what rapport is people like people like themselves so yeah join other activities join other groups do other things accept what you have to accept and don't and don't change what you can't
0: Now, for people currently, now, where I am, it's not so much locked down, but where you are, it's still fairly locked down?
1: Right now, yes, we're in total lockdown.
0: Right. So where you can't go out and socialise in, a say, a singles group, uh, would you suggest online groups?
1: Yeah, I do. I do a lot online, actually. It keeps me going um, partly for the business. Um, I am, I belong to two Toastmasters clubs, which is nothing to do with, in, in the UK, Toastmasters can be red-coated MCs, but internationally, Toastmasters International is a, a communication and leadership group, and it's effectively, it's not a charity, but it's a non-profit uh, in many ways. I belong to two groups, so I go to other other regions as well. I belong to the Professional Speaking Association and attend right. one or two meetings a month, so I'm probably going to about five or six sort of speaking type meetings a month mm-hmm. um i so, join other organizations yeah.
0: but yes i've got to say that
1: I, my my passion when i learned after i lost my wife i took up dancing i do a lot of rock and roll or lindy hop um mm-hmm. and i started that way back in nine, 1991 i really miss not going out socializing and dancing i love the music sure. rock and roll yeah. gets my feet tapping swing gets the moves going swing music i miss that um the only other thing are the occasional zoom groups quiz group i go to once a fortnight from people who go to rock and roll
0: yeah yeah oh that's good one of the things that um people people say is oh but it's you know it's not the same the intimacy you know the, the fellowship is not the same online but really in some ways it can be more intimate because you don't have the distractions of you know the coffee shop and the noise and the kid crying and the this going on and that sort of stuff. I've got a girlfriend who is is single and uh, she's at home with a couple of cats. now now she, like her adult contact contact was at work. Yeah. And then she had to work from home, and there was no other human at home. So she and I would have lunch sometimes in her because she had to work yeah. at home. So we had a lunch break where we just joined like this and just chatted and it was just lovely, you know, so we yeah. have a mindset that it's not going to work, but it actually can work.
1: Oh, it can work and it works a lot better for people who are perhaps more introverted. Um, yes. I'm, yes. I'm, a, I'm probably a, a little bit extroverted. I miss company and I used to go and work in coffee shops frequently. I could spend half a day in a coffee shop with my laptop, uh, but even in between lockdowns I could go back in a coffee shop to spend an hour or so I like just having company around me mm. <laughs> but you're right Zoom or anything else can work uh, for me it's not as good but it's it's the next best thing Look, and you it's do what you, can. Than,
0: it's, you know what it's it's better than not doing anything absolutely and what I'd like to do now is is come back to you know you went through all that and and there was a whole lot more that that you could add uh to to, for setbacks but it's your general attitude of got to get up again and look for the good and do this not just for well it's for your children but your children are, would be grown now yeah, yeah. so what you're doing now i'm going to share your website okay uh, and so i'd like you to uh, let me know in the time that we have left anything on here that you'd like to draw people's attention to now steve is a professional speaker and trainer in the fields of uh, sales and the secret sales force enabling individuals and organizations to maximize sales service and profits through the customer experience he's got that heart that he's also a certified virtual presenter which means he knows what he's doing uh, you've got some videos on there to show people you, you when you're in action Oh, you've got a free report here, how to maximize your returns on relationships and increase revenue and profits. Yeah. So people can click on that. You've got, I like this, the secret sales force, and you're a presentation coach. So if people are interested in upskilling their, they, they want to do presentations, you could coach them in doing that.
1: Well, that's right. In fact, um, before I developed the secret sales force, which now everything comes under that umbrella that's um, being changed, everything comes under the umbrella of the secret sales force, which is focused on developing people, teams, to be aware of everything. And that could be sales presentations, sales pitch, um, general communication for the teams. It's training for the managers to understand that in any organization, there are ambassadors, saboteurs almost all organizations have saboteurs and the vast majority in the middle who are just you know neutrals which can be good or just okay but Mm. good is the enemy of great so the ambassadors Mm, want to be exceptional so that's what a secret sales force is based on um you know presentation coach or speech coaching absolutely in toastmasters i'm what's called a distinguished toastmaster so i've been here a long time and gone through the processes uh, and i find i just love um presentation skills training and speech coaching because you can see the results very quickly whereas very most good. other training it's more of, you see it over time hmm.
0: well people can now I've, I've put your website across the bottom of the screen and it's just it's steve's name steve Catchick.
1: Yep. steve catch
0: yep so go there and there's also if you this uh Yellow button up here is to contact Steve, resources. Oh, you've got some free resources there, products. So, look, uh have a look at his website and contact him if it's uh if it's something that you're interested in. Um but what a great guy. This is the thing. You 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 can have something to offer or you can put your heart in what you offer and that's what I love about Steve and why we clicked so well. So, my goodness, Steve Kaczek, I'm so glad that we were able to have this chat. It's been wonderful to have you on all the way from the other side of the world. And uh, just, I love that you're such a great blessing to people that's not in professional sales or anything, but also in the workplace. So thank you so much for sharing your your story with
1: us. And thank you so much for inviting me into your home in Australia.
0: Yes, I know. I should... Well, it's night time here. Otherwise, I could have shown you outside and seen all the all the sunshine. And there's no snow there. <laughs> anyway, one, that's one quick
1: comment. Yes, I always yes. one quick comment is that today in the pandemic we're on, and um, we're doing almost everything online. And yep. the online impact is so important. Um, it's, it's about online executive presence. Every time you're online, if you if you're in a business environment, you should be dressed appropriately you should be professional your background should be at least respectable because we're being invited into people's homes and we need yeah. to respect that
0: yes take your undies off the wall behind you so you get you take your laundry out of the corner
1: yeah <laughs> so absolutely
0: thank you steve it's been just wonderful to chat with you
1: thank you